Hi, this is Hong Kong Design Book Club, and I am Soyeon Lee. Welcome to our book review episode number one. Today, we are going to review the user experience team of one by Lea Bulli. I have seen so many people in the UX community keep recommending this book, says this book offers great advices when you're trying to start UX activities and also persuade and educate people in your organization. This book was also translated in Chinese, Korean, and Japanese and got great reviews in Asia. The user experience team of one was published in 2013 from Rosenfeld Media, and I feel this book almost became one of the UX steady seller. So what's about this book? The first thing that I thought about this book is that the title is quite attracting attention. I guess almost every UX designer is somewhat team of one. We all have experienced something frustrating, and it's not easy to be a UX team of one. Sometimes it can be really lonely, sometimes it can be really political, and you need to fight, and that's pretty tiring. The title looks like the book can give us some clear and wise answers about being a team of one. We are always seeking for that kind of guidance, right? I especially love how the author listed up those common objections in chapter 3. They are definitely worth reading, because I know UX designers get these questions all the time. Isn't UX just web design? These type only cares deliverables tend to underestimate the importance of the whole process. They can give UX designers hard time by treating them as wireframing printing machine. User experience work is too expensive. Yes, because it's always about budget. It takes too much time. Yes, because it's always about budget. But UX research isn't statistically significant. This one I get a lot because I conduct user interviews and usability testings quite a lot. And when I share that I talk to five people, then people who are not very happy with the results tend to say, hey, isn't this just four people? Do we really need to listen to them? But what's important here is it's not just four people, it's four out of five people. And the possibility of other customers out there having same problem is fairly high. So every time I get this question, I need to send out the famous Norman Nielsen article called Why You Only Need to Test with Five Users. And this article has graphs and math in it. It says when you test with five people, you can discover 85% of usability issues, and it's just conveniently persuasive. Like this, sometimes what we need is just well-prepared setup FAQ, and this book offers useful tactics that help you persuade teammates when you are facing objections. To be honest, my favorite part of this book is chapter one, where the author explains where this whole UX occupations come from in the context of history. It's nice to know more about how your job was created and why it's needed from the world, rather than just jumping into a bunch of methodologies. It really helps you understand the essence of the job. It started with the machine age when corporations were growing and people like Frederick Winslow Taylor and Henry Ford tried to make human labor more efficient. Taylor's research into the efficiency of interactions between workers and their tools was one of the very beginning of the human factor studies. They focused on the design of equipment and devices to best align with human capabilities. During World Wars, there was a study to optimize cockpit control, and this was the origin of ergonomics. By the mid-20th century, Toyota brought philosophy called respect for people, and started to put people first and pursued more harmonious relationships between human and machines. Also, 
cognitive science was rising, and it was more about the potential of computers to serve as a tool to augment human mental capacities. From this context, we can clearly see the flow that the center of interest is migrated from machine to human and eventually commenced the fields such as human-centered design. The first person to ever have UX on his business card is known as Donald Norman, the author of The Design of Everyday Things. According to him, I wanted to cover all aspects of the person's experience with a system, including industrial design, graphics, the interface, the physical interaction, and the manual. With the rise of personal computing in the 80s and then web in the 90s, human-computer interaction popularized concepts like usability and interaction design, which became foundations of user experience design. Human from human-centered design or user from user experience design were not from out of nowhere. UX is not just a trendy thing. There were decades of history that people pursued better way to communicate with machines. I really appreciate this book told me this story because I feel like the historical perspectives that this chapter showed are often lacking in the field. And it gave me a good moment to think about how UX is defined and why we are needed in this world. This book is introducing 27 UX methodologies that can be applied to any phase of UX design and development. There are many UX books out there introducing more orthodox research, design, and test methods. For example, if you're new to the field and you're serious and passionate about research, observing the user experience and it's our research can offer great guidances. And you can revisit those books anytime when you need to actually execute something. If you're keen to learn quantitative research, measuring the user experience will give you great insights. And if you want to learn how to conduct research in more lightweight way, just enough research will be the perfect book for you. Then what's different reading the UX team of one instead of other UX classics? When we discuss UX books in Hong Kong Design Book Club, one of the biggest discussion points is that we don't have enough time and resources to conduct fancy researches that most of the UX books published in the US or Europe suggest. In Asia, we feel that things are faster, clients always want to see the final deliverables, managers always try to cut budgets. It's not that realistic to invest weeks or months just for planning and research. Many of the methodologies that this book recommend are arranged to be more lightweight. We don't have to secure everyone's time for whole days or weeks. Average time for each method are sometimes 5 to 10 minutes or half day, one day at most. I think the author exactly understood the current pains of UX practitioners and suggesting the ways to start small to fit our situations. Let's see how she made UX methods more lightweight. Stakeholder interview became listening tour. User research became guerrilla user research. Persona became proto-persona and heuristics became heuristic markup. Competitive research became comparative assessment. Usability tests that usually takes more than a few weeks became quick and dirty usability test and five second test that only takes about five to 15 minutes. Even the names of methods sound less serious gives impression that people don't need to invest whole a lot of time and resources. 
Of course, orthodox ways have their advantages, and there are reasons we keep certain protocols when conducting UX activities. For example, recruiting friends and family for user research is quick and fast, but it has downside that the result can be easily biased. It's definitely better to put more effort on recruiting right targets, but I guess what this book emphasizes is the importance of doing rather than not doing at all. And these lightweight UX methods are worth trying, especially under circumstances that there are less resources. Then let me wrap this review up with my favorite quotes. It's shocking how many people say they're practicing user-centered design, but rarely talk to actual users. Don't be one of them. Finishing a UX project is like sweeping a floor. You get the big pile fairly easily, but those last few specks of dust are impossible to ever really clean up. You just keep cutting the dirt pile in half until finally you're left with an acceptable amount of grime to put the broom away and get on with the next thing. Suffice it to say, the work is never really done. For UX teams of one, constraints largely come in the form of other people. The product managers, engineers, marketers, and decision makers you work with to put products into the world challenge you to be creative within constraints. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the review, please subscribe and follow us on Facebook. Thank you.